0: know oh, other podcasts though don't use it as often i've noticed no. most most of them use like really professional like yeah uh, podcasts, which is a problem though.
1: for me because i am like a, like in my uh divorce like when i broke up with my long-term ex um one of the few things that i got other than the dog was um a thinkpad linux uh, arc linux computer which i now use um which i'm not qualified to use because i don't know how to c- so it's like a real disaster. Like when I recorded with uh, thoughts and prayers, like just trying to sort yeah. of the 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 recording software was like a nightmare. I ended up just using my sister's MacBook. But yeah, so Zoom is like better for me. Using it on my phone is is better yeah. for me. I've done like a total one hundred and eighty. Now I just like use my iPhone for everything and like.
0: Okay, I do. First of all, shout out uh, Datman, who's a program. Uh, Zoo did ThinkPad the Posse. Like, anytime I hear ThinkPad, it gives me a, a warm feeling now because of that. Uh, he they, rocks are no, so, she-
2: they are,
1: like, really sick. Like, they're sick machines. They and, are. Like, getting to replace, like, I, we replaced the keyboard and the screen and the trackpad. And it's, like, mm-hmm. I have, you know, I have a big, um, my family is a lot of, like, tinkerers. Like, my dad was a race car driver and, like, a part-time mechanic. My sister is, like, a, an espresso Technicians and my boyfriend's a mechanical engineer so i have a lot of like machine appreciators around me so i like you know i like being able to like open something up and that kind of ties into the records thing because you know an analog like a record an old school uh, stereo and turn to able to replace the needle and open it up and mm. replace the fences and mm. stuff it's a really uh it's a really meaningful like rewarding way to interact with your things that i think a lot of people lose
2: mm-hmm. due to convenience
1: no.
0: I totally like think of these things as magic literally people call me like a retard but I'll be like no it's magic that this happens but even when I try to understand how it works I become more convinced it is magic like I was looking at how TVs work because I was like especially the old ones like I don't know how old you are but I'm old I remember a boob tube a full-on big huge thing and it has this uh this beam anyway it's uh the path on ray tube which is this big fucking vacuum and it's like shooting this image through and it's just like what the fuck so I'm just like, Figured out how to do this. First of all, that's pretty sus. But also, like, yeah, it does work. You know, there's a someone, whole
1: like. Someone figured it out.
0: Someone oh, figured it out, you know, maybe on a trip to Antarctica, just saying. But, you know, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It is magical. So the fact that you would understand it, though, like, I do respect that it's hard for me to grasp, to be honest. Sometimes the mechanics. It is,
1: it is hard. To, it's really hard to grasp, especially because we're from a digital age. So, or like, we yeah. live in a digital age now. Right. So, you know, like I think our parents, our grandparents, our parents' generation for sure had an easier time kind of grasping what, mm. you know, what these impulses are. But at the end of the day, something that's really interesting, which I learned in music school, being started by musicians, a lot of whom went on to do master's in audio engineering and do like really cool, mm. like digital analog art projects, I is that it. at the end of the day, the difference between a digital sound, like, the, like what it actually is at the at the core, like the digital signal, that little impulse that creates, like on a synthesizer, for example, mm-hmm. a tone is actually no different from an analog one. It's the rest of the process that is modified, but the kind of, at, at, the, at its very core, that little spark of like life or whatever, it's, it's actually all kind of the same in, in ways that I don't really fully understand, but I think it's beautiful. I think it's kind of beautiful.
2: It
0: is fucking beautiful. you already, we were like five minutes in. Gio, you're blowing my mind. No, it's that's brilliant. No, it's brilliant. The source of all things. It's like coming from something beyond and it's like unified. Um, let me introduce my guest really quickly here because I'll, I do lose track. I, but I feel like you... Um, in your bio, I believe say you're a free association expert. I, I, you have musical training. You seem to understand like jazz and improvisation and just how to work with that spark when it comes through with the tools that you have to translate it in the way that you know best. And I just like find this guest to be so delightful. I don't know where you came from, Geodiddies, but you popped into my life in a, a flare of controversy, really. Seven months ago, you, you fell onto my timeline and we converged finally. And um, it's been hard. I, I won't lie. I've lost track of this guest a few times. But the timeline's converging and now the censorship, the, the banning, it gets really hard, but I've kept my finger and my heart connected to this <laughs> lovely soul who just, I don't know, she just excites me. She delights me. I am very thrilled and honored to introduce the singular sensation. I Gonna say adorable because it seems so like dismissive, but she is it's like strawberry shortcake come to life from the great north, but like psychedelic and vaporwave at the same time. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to here comes the backlash. My guest, Geo Titties, aka Such Rash. Welcome.
1: Oh hi! <laughs> this that's sweet intro. Hi. Yeah, hi. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so glad that we found each other on the timeline, as you say.
0: For sure, it's weird. Well, first of all, I'm going to call you Geo. I love your name. I, uh, you probably talked about this a little bit, but are you a GeoCities uh, mm-hmm. fan? Or just yeah. can you explain GeoCities? I think some people really get the reference, and some people don't. You know.
1: Yeah. So GeoCities was like in the '90s. It was sort of a websites building website. It was like a. I, th- I think you could register domains there, but you could also build. But if I don't, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. I was pretty young. Though. I was pretty young, so I don't remember the full scope but i do remember just like tinkering around and um yeah i just remember like making websites for fun making like blogs for fun um they yeah, had a real aesthetic
0: this, right there was like an aesthetic yeah. to geocities right
1: <laughs> yeah it was really fun. i remember like like i i forgot to register for any electives in high school so i ended up getting dunked uh dumped into um uh it and like web, like web, like computer class or whatever. So I spent a lot of time like in Adobe Suite, Adobe Dream, uh, Dreamweaver, I guess it was Dream called.
0: Dreamweaver. <laughs> Damn, yes. I did some shit in that for school too.
1: Yeah, it was pretty fun. So I don't know why how it came to me, GeoTitties, but yeah
0: i fucking love it i remember like a lot of like fan pages kind of like GeoCities were like uh like and rice like Anne fans and there'd be mm-hmm. there was something that you don't you don't really get websites anymore right all the websites on the internet are like social media and like sales platforms but there were like websites they still exist google just doesn't show them to you it would just be like i'm gonna make a website about this thing and it was like mm-hmm. uh, like a lot of fan pages really and they do these web rings and you would go to the page and like they would all be basically like a network and like when you go to the bottom of the page you can go through like almost a carousel just go to the next page or like next website mm-hmm. and that network and i thought that was so brilliant it makes me sad it's like definitely something we've lost kind of yeah i remember
1: I remember one of the coolest things ever was this, like uh, someone built it on, I'm pretty sure it was built on GeoCities. It was like a, it was a game, but it was all a click through sort of spooky riddle that was at a, it was just a website that you would sort of visit and you didn't, you, in order to progress to the next page you had to f- like crack the code, but the pages were really spooky and and, and like unsettling. There wasn't really a lot of words. Hmm. It was hmm. kind of like you had to figure out, I, I wish I could remember what it was called, but it was like, I remember like one of the pages was just like a black, kind of like a black screen and like a door and you didn't know how to get to the next one, but eventually you'd figure out, oh, you had to open the source code for the website and then find <laughs> something that said like big, bad voodoo daddy. And then you had to like <laughs> somehow it was like related to that musician I think there's I think that's a musician anyway and it was like so fun and you would go through and like you know my friends older brothers would get all the way to the like it was like 25 pages but we could only get to like eight um and it was just like yeah so like just this kind of like spooky lore like
2: I love that I games love that exist
1: anymore do
0: you know the artist? Uh, I think it's Magdalena Bay. They're like, I don't know, like weird pop kind of, I don't know what to call it, alternative, like whatever. I don't know. Yeah. They have a whole like website that's really cool. It's like very much like inspired. I would say it's very Geo Cities, maybe even Titties inspired because it's like they're they're a modern update of it and it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of, it like crashed my computer basically. It's a lot of like just like the lo-fi graphics were like, sh- I don't know what that is, Shockwave. I don't think they use that anymore. But they're like really intense, you know, but it was like really cool. I'll share the link uh, in the show those because it's like it was it's awesome um that is really cool I want to ask you about your music stuff really quick because you have to uh, not your project yet we'll get there but you know a lot about music and I actually asked a low IQ more on this a long time ago but do you have a philosophy on producers I'm really curious about this I love talking about producers with people and you know there's just different styles of musical producer and other types of producers because I think like I'm producing this podcast right now, right? We are producing, mm-hmm. we are co-producing yes. this podcast, right? Yeah. And so it's like interesting to me, this uh, concept of a product, even and a producer. What's your philosophy or just have thoughts on producers?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've worked, there- I've worked with a few of them. I've also been my own producer. I've generally like that arrangement mm-hmm. better. I mm-hmm. think, yeah, it's a really interesting role, right? Because you're sort of the kind of, yeah, the, the the like initial impulse, the initial creative like spark, isn't necessarily coming from you. Even when it is coming from you, and you're acting as your own producer, those two things are kind of delineated. Mm-hmm. Thir- in a thoroughly through composed project, I don't. I kind of don't know how to talk about this without referring to my own music. That's okay. Um, you can so- talk
0: about yourself, of course. Yeah.
1: But- You know, like you do have to sort of separate that initial creative spark and even that creative process from the production. Because Mm. at some point it's really easy to get like lost and kind of like muddled within the kind of like circular nature of art artistry. Mm. And I think, you know, really good production can kind of like see through can kind of see see things, take a take a bit of distance and a little bit of space, and sort of see things that the the artists themselves, even when it's the same person, can't always see. And there's like an old there's an old saying in in um in music where like artists are forever writing the same song. Ooh. Like an artist is basically always just writing the same song over and over and over again. Most artists do. Um and like I think painters probably do the same thing. It's kind of like there's something there's something like a a unified like soul to your creative access that you're trying to give form to. And a producer can sometimes help either structure that or deconstruct Mm -hmm. it for you. And yeah, it's a really interesting role. I've never produced for anyone else, but I would really like to, Um, I I would really like to. You absolutely should. It would be really, really fun. I think I would really enjoy it.
0: That was incredibly uh, wise and deep. And it, it made me think it's like a Scully and Mulder situation almost from the X-Files. I don't know if you know the X-Files, but it's like there's like this really passionate, uh, romantic, uh, paranoid guy, Mulder. And then like Scully is his agent and she's like skeptic and like really kind of like more, you know, just by the book or whatever. But they have to kind of come together to solve these mysteries. And it, that's kind of like okay. the role, their role. I don't know. That was beautiful. Okay. Um. Before before I even get farther down this line, I'm actually am glad I did that because it's like now that everyone's just been witness here. I, I I think you're brilliant. I told you this before. I was like, I think Gio's brilliant. She should be on more podcasts and uh, just be getting your thoughts out there, or in, in, in any way that you choose to, it, 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 so should you so choose to, because that was awesome. I felt myself ascending during that oh. statement. Who is Gio? What should we know about you as just like a as a, a Twitter pseudo-anon, let's say? Mm-hmm.
1: That's a good question. That is a hard question. <laughs> One sec. Someone has to- <laughs> Someone has to poop. Go outside. Go into the snow.
0: Are we going? Oh my god, are we going on an excursion?
1: No, she's just gonna go. Oh, I was herself.
0: like, if you need to go, actually, I, I'm all about that. Just be because that sounds like fun. I want to hear the crunching of the snow.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it might, it might come to that. She's just, she's a real baby. She's actually in heat right now, so she like kind of won't do anything by herself, and she's like extra needy, lest she get raped by some neighborhood dog. But. Yeah, who who is geotidies? I guess um if I think about my online persona, I try to just like promote like positive positivity, a bit of humor, like a bit of edginess is kind of like necessary to for positivity to be like genuine or impactful at all. But I do try to like promote, you know, things that are positive. I'm a really big believer in like affirmation and manifesting and positive energy and kind of like the, you know this sp- the spiritual path of getting to know yourself and, um, and and kind of choosing choosing happiness and choosing the light and choosing the, you know, the a godly path. So I definitely try to in my own life and and online try to promote that. And um, yeah, I had like a I've had I think what a lot of people would call is sort of difficult life in terms of my childhood and some of my family dynamics and stuff, but. Um, I've just really, by the grace of God, managed to transform that into a life now that it's like very beautiful. I think I, I really, I really value beauty, um, in all forms, a- aesthetic beauty, physical beauty, um, and, you know, the kind of intangible sacred beauty of friendships I've always been a really optimistic person um but I think
0: what's your sign can I ask your sign yeah,
1: I'm sorry. a Virgo I'm a Virgo Ooh. Libra Libra
0: oh wow interesting yeah. I, mean, I love it I love it yeah. There's a- there's a virgo current to this program for sure i have a virgo rising which goes with my like yeah. insane sagittarius uh star sign which kind of like it helps sometimes they're at odds but it helps usually <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. Uh, but like, yeah i see the virgo or the the libra you are i see it i can see it yeah. because it feels there's
1: like a lot of libra for sure like i i definitely have a um, i have a lot of virgo tendencies like i'm i'm pretty hard on myself or mm-hmm. I, I have been more hard in the, on myself in the past uh you know, in terms of with boxing or with music or with anything, I generally tend to be like quite a perfectionist so much that it's like in a lot of, in a lot of instances actually like stopped me from achieving the things that I wanted to achieve um, through like the classic Virgo, like anxiety, which Mm -hmm. I definitely also for my friends at work call me a vibe canary because um, sometimes at work, I'll just get a tummy ache for no reason. And later on in the night, like, because I work in a, in fine dining in a restaurant, it's like can be pretty. It's a really nice place, but it can be pretty fast paced, and like mm-hmm. you don't always have time to check in with your coworkers. And at the end of the evening, we'll be talking, and I'll be like, "Yeah, I got a really bad stomachache, like around nine o'clock. I don't know why." And then my coworkers will be like, "Oh, yeah, we were all fighting about this thing. Like, like three of us got into a screaming match out back. Like, I didn't even see it. I didn't like, I didn't know it was happening, but uh-huh. I just got like, overwhelmed by nausea for like fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. um, which, which is like." <laughs> So, yeah, they call me a vibe canary, which I think is also
0: a vibe uh, canary. And o- yeah. <laughs> orange vibe canary. I was like, we're going to do an orange vibe jam session. I, I don't know. Yes. I, I don't know if you know about my philosophies of uh, orange vibes and orange vibes but we're like totally under one and i knew that you'd be like just cool to just do whatever so we are just we're riffing kind of a little, little pretense we'll get to it but like um i have a question on something you said but before we get to that actually uh which can you your cd because you you mentioned like your, your resume because you mentioned you're maybe a boxer uh it's like what what should we people know about you is like um intangible in that like kind of structural form that producer mode you're a producer you are a boxer what else what, what should we know
1: yeah, I'm a boxer. I work in fine dining and wine mostly. So I know a lot about wine. I know a lot about food. I'm an avid baker. I love to cook. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and a boxer and a musician.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I just I just have to say, like, yeah, you, you like have you exude you are a real woman, TM. Like in the like truest sense, we just exude uh I don't even know how to say it's almost intangible, but you're very grounded, I would say. I feel like that's what comes across your positivity. Absolutely. Like the way you vibe with so much, but like, yeah, not like goody two shoes, like not like fucking some faggot like nice, like man. like you've like, like a real person, you've got spark and you've got piss and vigor or what have you, you know? So I, I think that's what like really, it works. There's just something that it's not just me. People definitely vibe with you. And like, you can say something in like as little as five words and just end an entire community of, of men, if you choose to, which is co- totally powerful. It's amazing. I'll stop gushing because I want to actually ask you. You said something about uh, you want to follow godly paths. Like can I ask you just like do you mind saying like what that means to you?
1: Yeah, I think I well, I was raised Catholic, um, like tangentially Catholic. I've always had I've always believed in God. I've always had like a Christian view. Um I've had moments in my life where I was like a really devout Christian and moments where I wasn't. And then since my mom passing a couple of years ago, I guess three years ago now, um, things have settled down into like a very kind of, like my particular beliefs about what is or isn't true sort of stopped mattering so much. And a sort of deeper like intuitive sense that there is a singular truth and a singular goodness in the universe, and one's ability to convene um, with it exists by by default. It is our birthright, and whether that birthright was paid for, you know, by the blood of Christ or not, um, is not super important to me. I do think that Christ embodies as a parable through his parables and just in and of himself, like a lot of really, um, really meaningful, you know, really interesting, really insightful, um, virtues and it's worthwhile to study those books. If you have any kind of cultural association to them at all, like the gospels.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, but I don't think it's necessary. I think, yeah, I think the, the quiet still, Sense of oneness with yourself and with the universe, with God. I think, yeah, like I said, it's it's uh it's all of ours, all of our our birthright. Um, and I and I think it's our duty to invest in developing that, and that most of the good in the world, all all of the good of the world, has to actually start from that place. And there can be no, there can be no um, progress, no progress, no um healing in the world uh if we don't first have that kind of ability to to give love to ourselves and to be still with ourselves
0: okay okay my heart is soaring i'm gonna pause there i I had to stop because i was like thinking of so many questions and i was like no you have to just listen it which is hard i have to say talking about like being an artist slash producer, like it's hard. I'm mean, gonna be real. Like, uh, something I take seriously is like, uh, in this podcast, it's like I really want to always be like so grounded and like in the moment, but it's also like, oh, I have to think about this show, right? You know, it's like, there's like, what's the next question? How is like the format gonna go? Because there is an element of like, uh, it's it's recorded, but it's just improv, right? We're, we're just vibing here. Even when you were just like, no, you're gonna talk about, you don't know what's gonna happen. It's always, there's an element of improv to all of life. Um, and I think like, yeah, I, so I, I, my point being, I still. I stopped listening to myself. I stopped listening. I just, which is not true. I, I gave away that just like a chatter. I was just like here in the moment. And uh, that was incredible. I think your words echo through my heart at this moment. Um, what do you think about the idea of improvisation actually a little bit? Cause I think it's related almost in this way to like spirituality in a way I hadn't thought about before. I, honestly, I had just saw this geo really recently, which is just like, it's a skill. It's like a spiritual gift really to be able to like, uh, Thank <laughs> react to the moment you know what i mean to just be able to be like it doesn't have to be musical but musical is obviously what most people think of or even maybe, maybe like comedic you know improvisation or like acting like this idea of just like creating something out of nothing which right. i'm really fascinated by because you're not really creating out of nothing ever right but like i like the idea of us coming together I, I do this with like cassandra i feel like she and i like uh you know truth and joy can just come together and just be like we're just gonna make something out of nothing like yeah. old school old school baby making style but like in a <laughs> (laughs) a conversational sense. Right. Um, what, what do you think, like, tell me about improvisation. Do you do a lot of improv, I guess, like in your like music or your, your other like boxing's improv, I guess in a way.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say like, I'm, I kind of, for me writing music and boxing fighting are kind of occupy the same headspace. They're both sort of like a painful investment. Not that it making music is painful, but it is like work. It's painful in the way that like, Mm cleaning your house is painful. It's like an exertion. Um, it's not something you necessarily find respite in, in the moment. So I don't generally do the two at the same time. If you know, now that I've just had a fight, if I don't have one coming up, then I will probably pivot and spend some more internal time throughout the holidays and write some music again. Um, but insofar as, so I'll, so I'll speak about I had some thoughts about improv in Mm -hmm. in terms of, in terms of fighting, because that's kind of where my head is now. One of the things that really drew me to fighting was that I, um, was the fact that in the ring, when you step into the ring, you cannot freeze. So you, you must, you have to be fully present and fully embodied. It's very similar to making music, but, in terms of fighting, like you, you can fight, you can run away, but you can never simply shut down. And I think for a lot of my life, I spent a lot of time shut shut out and, and frozen in a freeze state due to overwhelm and stress, kind of stress like off the charts. That was kind of my coping mechanism was to numb out through either substances or relationships or even just like le- with lethargy or. Or over analysis, that's a big one, like Virgo, you know, just being like, so, so mm-hmm. over, overcome with analysis of details in a rational, uh, in a rational, you know, sort of right brain uh, mode of thinking that you it, it almost becomes like static it becomes just noise there's so many whys and what ifs and what this that it actually is almost like a drug because you it allows you to just totally uh step away from engaging with whatever the thing is whether it's an emotional issue or or how you're really feeling and for me it was a, it was always a way for me to not feel my emotions and even now like i've grown a lot it's not as much of an issue anymore but even now there'll be times when i'll be you know talking to um to my boyfriend i'll be like oh I don't really feel like doing this because i think that i'm going through this and this and this and he'll really lovingly just be like babe it it doesn't really matter why you're why you feel this way like you can just you can just not train today if you don't want to like you don't need to know why um but anyway so when you step into the ring you know your coach is there and your coach is someone who knows you better than almost anybody because you're with them you know twice a day every day for a year and they see you crying they see you ec- ecstatic they see you you know throwing up and, and when you're in the ring someone is trying to kill you as far as your brain knows your brain doesn't know any different and you're actually having to over so that immense pressure is coming at you and you're having to use your your will and your body to override that that stress response that tells you to shut down and freeze or run away and you have to make conscious choices but within those conscious choices there is a huge it is improv it is literally dancing you are kind of you have to stay rooted in your own rhythm your own purpose what do you want to accomplish here what kind of things do you want to show because it ultimately is a martial art um and you know the most beautiful fighters that you watch them and it's like yeah they're doing the same you know we really only have six punches one two three four five six but you watch, uh, you know, Lomachenko, for example, it's just so beautiful. The footwork is so beautiful. And he's he could be doing the same combo as anybody, but you see him do it. And you're like, wow, that something about that. And it's very similar to music. You hear a cover and it's just like, wow, something about that timing or that. Yeah, there's a lot of improv and fighting. It's but it's like, in, it's almost like I would say that in order to improvise and be truly present in the moment, you need two things. You need to be able to actually engage in real time in an embodied way with your with the stimulus, whether it's music or or combat. But the what comes out is, in order to, for it to be great, and there is a difference between great, good, and not good. You need to, it has to come out of a foundation of, of technique and of like a mechanical um, excellence that can only come through, uh, you know, training and devotion.
2: Here, and now, what dusty decay? Let the flash flood begin.
0: That's incredible because okay, I said I'm not good at like uh, understanding like the hood under the hood, right? Like the, how it actually works works in a sense, but I am a good systems thinker, and the way you just were able to describe that, I feel like I understand boxing in a whole new way because it was of uh, just that description. Truly, I I, I, I get it. And it's interesting too the idea of like these I don't know these pre selected. Uh, it's so uh, it's not just like which move do you take, but it's how do you employ that move because like a move is not a move is prescriptive how do I even say this a move is prescriptive there is like a, a structure to it or a blueprint but the way that it gets built it's like a building right there's written down how this move is going to go in the book There's I, as it is I'm sure there's like jujitsu books and like boxing books and all this whatnot, you know but like the way that you employ it, the way your muscle uh, moves and you like flex your body and just kind of attack like harness the energy of that moment is very uh, crucial I think this is so even
1: something as simple as for example is where you look Simply looking at somebody's stomach versus at their face is going to completely change their sort of reaction. And a lot of people, something that prepared me really well for boxing was actually studying opera because in a lot of ways, I see a lot of similarities because they're both like, you step into the ring, there's really nothing between you and your opponent. It's really like a singular, like solo endeavor and opera it's the same it's just you and your voice there's nothing there's nobody else there's no mm. instrument. Yeah. there's no music uh there's no there's no kind of like resonant body in front of you to kind of like facilitate your expression it's really the only the only thing you have is yourself mm-hmm. um okay. and yeah boxing has it. has like similar has a similar uh, a similar vibe plus like you know a 100 to 2000 people watching you do it which is
0: crazy (laughs) and there's like an emotional element you you kind of just alluded to it it's kind of crazy like the way that they are looking at your opponents looking at you or just like i I don't know it is really interesting because there's the physical aspect of of course we all like are aware of but there really is like this emotional slash mental and then like spiritual like component to all of it it's crazy to me
1: oh yeah it's so it's so spiritual i mean that's why I, i fell in love with it as a discipline because of the spiritual aspect and combat fighting competing only came later as a way of, for me to kind of almost like show my, just like to showcase excellence and to try to pursue excellence while I can. I don't imagine that I'll be, um, you know, I, I hope we hope to start a family in the next like few years. So at some point it won't really be realistic for me to train to this level. So to try and see how how far I can get while I, while I can. Um, but you know, yeah, this, the emotional side, it's, it's really crazy. And even preparing for this fight, like, you know, you're cutting weight, you're barely eating. So you're hungry. So your cortisol is like super high. So you're really Mm. irritable and it's really putting you into this like mindset that you just want to like kill someone. And then you're like, living with your partner and trying to like be a norm and go to work. And like, you know, it's, it's really like a, a wild ride. And and my boyfriend is, uh, is a fighter as well. He fights Muay Thai. So he really gets it. And, um, which like, thank God, like, I can't really imagine being with someone who didn't also, you know, yeah. go through it. <laughs> the- really, it would be like really weird and stressful and hard, but, but yeah, it's, sure, uh, yeah it's, a, it's a psychic battle first and foremost, I think.
0: That's crazy you're helping me understand will i've honestly I, i've been talking about this like no one no millennial i feel like definitely was taught about like will or willpower i still it's still I, it's a foreign fucking concept i try to like grasp it we're taught to not have will. Uh, you talked about intuition earlier like we were taught to not follow intuition increasingly okay. i feel like that's like the message you know like right now but there's also like what is will it, it's interesting you're, i feel like you're really getting that's what you're talking about you're talking about this kind of like uh, yeah. elusive ability to whether it's in music or in like in the arena or whatever to wield that whatever that is that that energy whatever that thing that comes through like how do you execute on it and how do you execute it at your your discretion that's difficult and i don't know like it's, it sucks but i really do like we're all raised to be very like uh just feckless you feckless. know um everything you described was, was so and, and oh my gosh and the whole thing you were telling me about like um periods of just lulls let's say like inactivity like in life right like it's everything's cyclical and we kind of go through phases like where we're more integrated and like less maybe integrated more spiritual less spiritual you know and there's definitely been i i was, legit like uh attacked by the deep state like by like I, I'm not even joking like Freemasons like hypnotized me I feel like for like a good 10 years like I lost like my powers I lost my abilities and I was just like blue pilled kind of like I under I knew things I knew things factually but I was not thinking of them in the same way it was, it's very strange looking back honestly now where I'm just like whoa what, what was that uh Maybe hmm. being a little dramatic you know saying them as attacked yeah. by witches but maybe not because honestly like it, it's i don't i know
1: i think that that's like i think that's what most people are experiencing i think mm. you yeah. look at covid you look at the fact that 85 percent of people went along with it to the point of potentially permanently destroying their genetics mm.
2: mm-hmm.
1: that I, that seems like witchcraft to me not w- whether or not whether or not that You know that worst case scenario turns out to be true, and I hope to God it doesn't. Uh, My boyfriend is vaccinated. Like our the future of our, you know, familial line depends on it not being true. But it's still the fact that it was so easy to get the to get people there. Um, you know, it's Mm -hmm. definitely it's definitely witchcraft. It's definitely brainwashing. It's definitely all those things. I don't think it's dramatic at all.
0: One hundred percent. Because how else? Exactly like what you're describing the mass. The mass formation psychosis, I think that that whole thing is really uh actually bad. I think that that was actually a way of tell me about this, what do you think of this? I think mass that mass formation psychosis meme was kind of like, yeah. oh, let's play the let's lead put the groundwork for being able to let a bunch of people off the hook in a few years mm-hmm. when the shit hits the fan and they were like, Oh, they were all mass psychotic, it was mental illness, you know, which is true to a degree, but there was also some due diligence. I think some people especially in power, you know, but even like regular doctors to a degree in various person to person but i think some people fucked up big time and didn't abandon their responsibilities during that crisis in a myriad of ways so this mass formation psychosis is like this really good like a buzzword right but it is also true right to a degree there is this like spell spellbinding quality to all this mass media
1: yeah and it's like it's you know not to not to get like super hippie about it (laughs) but like there is a there is a degree that like giving people morsels of sort of like spirally conspiracy lingo things to kind of latch onto and feed onto does kind of distract them from and i'm guilty of this because i love a good thread i love like i love psycho like my my latest favorite conspiracy is that like uh, fossils aren't real i love that i love that Wait, I- Love that. Yeah. Love there,
0: was, <laughs> there was a joke <laughs> on like a recent <laughs> development that like dinosaur fossils were a Jewish conspiracy.
1: <laughs> and I feel like it's the first time I ever heard anything anti Semitic like so, that, which
0: is so funny because it's a Jewish so, like comedy show. Funny.
1: But the thing is, is like you have to be careful because, like I said about the disassociation aspect of like over analyzing whatever is, it really does disconnect you from the feelings and the intuition. And like someone says something, I was like, you know, right now, you know, all of us right wingers or. um, or, or like kind of not right away like conservative Whenever people are like pa- panicking about uh you know trans kids this a few months ago trans kids and transing kids and blah blah blah. but it's like you really don't have to worry about that because by the time you have kids it's going to be something so much more retarded
2: mm-hmm. and you have
1: no idea like what it's going to be and i think the only way that you can be like so spiritually like prepared to face the left the, the depths and breaths of fake retarded shit that is coming down the pike to us is if you stay kind of tapped into that, like true, you know, that like hippie to be shit. I said that like true deep sense of like what is right and what is good. And, and not only like what is right and what is good in the sense now, but actually choosing it actively. And that's when like the manifestation kind of prayer, this like active prayer comes into play. It's like, I am practicing gratitude and I'm also like, I'm imagine, I'm, exfe- I'm I'm practicing gratitude for the heaven the the paradise the like beauty the godliness the sacredness the connection that exists now even when i don't see it i know that it is here even though i don't you know have like for me for me like some you know fertility and having a baby is really important to me it's something that i've had anxiety about in the past but when i go into prayer i I just say god thank you so much for my baby who i know is coming to me in divine perfect timing Mm -hmm. and that's the Mm -hmm. that's the reality that i choose and I think, yeah, I just think, like, getting too worked up and things like, yeah, mass formation, psychosis, or whatever, it can kind of disconnect people from, from that kind of stuff. And it's exactly, it's, you know, it's like feeding them. There's, like, words for this, feeding feeding people both sides of the conspiracy. So you sort of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's participating. Yeah, like,
0: revelation of the method is, like, the Michael Hoffman yeah. term, which is the same thing. And it does. Yeah. It, yeah. it serves to kind of, like... Uh, it it, it it numbs people to it. It blackles them, but it also like spellbinds. It's also it's a part of the same spellbinding effect for people who are just a little bit further down like the road, right? And so there's always I'm noticing more of these mechanisms that like bring people back to like the mothership always. Um, and so you're right. I I it's something I struggle with honestly because it's like I'm everyone's like oh you're a conspiracy person and I don't even see myself as that way. I just like talk about the things I believe. I'm not necessarily like trying to be like a conspiracy person. And it, it's complicated, right? It's a, a it's a complicated stance, but it, at the, I don't know, at the end of the day, I feel like uh, I'm trying to do something spiritual and not political, I guess, ultimately. And so I I, I don't really feel like I, it matters. I'm going to say what I, what I think, but I am conscious of that because I don't want to play into these, like, tropes. There's, there's so many tropes around, like, all this yeah. stuff. And it's like, it is blackpilling. And ultimately, the, the reality is everything is fake and real at the same time. It's, it's I think totally. like what I want to do is teach people how to like, have that contradiction. It's not even contradiction. It's, like, all about understanding these, like, different perspectives of the universe right there's just different ways that you can perceive it um but i, I totally hear what you're saying because it, it just is uh yeah at the, uh, at, yeah
1: at the end of the day conspiracies are just like really fun and it's the reason why yeah. people like love to talk about them because they're like really fun and interesting and a lot of them are true most of them are true um yeah you just gotta you know you gotta have both you gotta stay grounded but you also gotta question things and enjoy it and mm-hmm. say well, that if- dinosaurs are fake
0: because they are fake. And it's like, um, they used to be called like world mysteries or whatever. There wasn't a stigma. Like, maybe there's a little stigma, but it was more like folklore. You know, no one was like, oh, like, where did like, you know, the things come from? And like, if you think the wrong thing, you're racist. You know, that was not like on the table. (laughs) It was just like different people different traditions or things they'd heard. Um, There was official stories that lots of people just like openly didn't believe about like, (laughs) you know, just like the world, you know, how it works. But it's like this scientific world that we're in. It's like very prescriptive and it's very, very much like you can't not only can you not have that you have to be like you have to believe that you're just this speck of dust that's like isolated and hurriedly through space and only the science can help you and like get through it but that's like mm-hmm. obviously not true like i think we all like a lot of us have realized that in the last few years and so to not talk about them is also wrong because i think people are interested they want to know like what is going on in america you know like it's interesting i think it's about the way you approach it to me like that, uh more so than just like digging into it you know but you can't make yourself crazy it's true
2: <laughs> i
1: thought your guys's episode on our show was so interesting and so nice to listen to i everything you were saying was just like yes yeah, so oh it was like so transportative and so Ooh, just like give me shivers. My brother is actually lives in the Yukon, which is really, really far north. It's basically mm-hmm. Alaska. Yeah. yeah. So I've spent a lot of time up there because he was basically like a father to me. He's quite a bit older than I am, and he's half indigenous. So they have a really deep connection to the land. I mean, his ancestors have been there for who knows how long. I don't know, like a thousand years later. Mm. So I've spent a lot of time up there and it really is like a crazy, like it's a trip. Like it's you just get you just get the sense when you're that far north, things are just like. It's like you're closer to God or something. It's just fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's, there's no there's no way to really describe. It. The northern lights are definitely part of it. It's like pretty cool, but I don't know. it's yeah. You're closer yeah. to the heavens. You
0: are. I, I'm convinced of you this are. now. I, I wrote down. Okay, I have like like you can't see my notebook, but it's like uh, I have like a bunch of like buzzwords. I, know I wrote but things. I wrote the Great North. That's one thing I wanted to talk to you about. And you just touched on it. Uh, like the polar regions are weird. Like the polar regions are even getting into the outer realm of the polar regions. You know, i mm-hmm. I've never been up there now. I'm obsessed. I want to go to like fucking like come Alaska. to Yukon. Can we Can I do a Yukon expedition? Listen. Listen. <laughs>
1: Hunting season is uh, September. Okay. Um, I didn't go this September year because 24. my boyfriend came to Vancouver to meet my sisters. But normally we go up into the woods for like a good couple weeks, every September and hunt moose. Um. And yeah, you're welcome. Anyone and everyone is like always welcome. It's just like a big community kind of activity. And it's like really, really special. I don't live that far north. Like, Canada, basically eighty five percent, maybe ninety percent of Canada's population hmm. lives within like a ten mile, to within ten miles of the American border. I, I see that. Um, yeah, yeah, and the rest of Canada is pretty much empty. It's like very, very desolate, very sparse. Um, but my brother, he lives very far. It's basically Alaska
0: that is really cool okay uh okay i'm, I'm putting it just pencils down yukon expedition 2024 maybe we go yeah. to the polls i got i didn't have like this story like into the wild like this guy uh, what is it christopher mccandless Wait, alex Mc. wait christopher mccandless i don't know he i
1: definitely read it but yeah wait
0: remember. okay i'll find it. he's like this guy who like goes off the grid right he's a famous <laughs> story it was like a book i won't well i won't spoil it he doesn't work out great for him but he goes like i don't know i, don't know. I have a theory about this one now because his dad was like a defense contractor or something uh, christopher mccandless he's an american adventurer they say i know the movie's like made by um sean penn yeah, i read the book and the film like i didn't even want to see the movie honestly i was a projectionist once upon a time and you have to like back in those days you had these reels you had to splice them all together you get the prints on thursday night before like the movies come out on fridays so it's like midnight you splice this movie together and you're supposed to like watch them which sometimes it's fun right it's like some like superhero movie or whatever i got stuck with into the wild it's just like three hours i was so fucking pissed i was like so mad and i was like fuck this i I thread it up i run it i go out and i'm like i'm gonna smoke a fucking bowl it was like one o'clock in the morning i'm outside i come back in and i was transported it was one of the most incredible cinematic experiences of my life partly because i think i have low expectations which is a really big thing if you can go into a movie with low expectations it will like blow your mind sometimes um, but it's a real great film i think it's a great american film it's like rugged and like individualistic uh it's romantic in this way where he's like just going off the grid to like find adventure but he's trying to get up north he's trying to go up to like the arctic circle essentially These there as far north as he can get and i think it was to like get to the poles i so think was trying to get to like some kind of Portal. That's my or gateway. That's my whole uh, theory on that one. I don't know. I it's
2: so it. crazy. Yeah. It's
0: so crazy. Wait, tell me a little bit about dinosaur bones. Why are you? Uh, why do you not think they're real, Currently.
1: Oh gosh. Uh. Well, I. I. I forget where I first thought, but it's something I've joked about with my like IRL friends for, like at least a couple of years, which like, well, everybody knows the dinosaurs are fake. And they not in like a a creationist anti-evolution way, just in like a, uh, you know, they're not as old as we say way. And then I recently saw um, some video, I think it was a TikTok, some guy talking about how they recreated fossils in a a university lab that were molecularly identical to the fossils that we find that are supposedly from... That supposedly happened in a really during a really slow mm. um whatever calcification of the of the soil. And his whole thing was that, like you think, you know, we, we have fossils of things like fish being actively eaten by other animals. We have fossils of animals giving birth. Like these are not things that happen slowly. These are things that happen really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. And that points to kind of like some kind of like singular, very um, very like cataclysmic event that mm-hmm. happened all at mm-hmm. once. Yeah. Um and so that theory is kind of that the the flood, the great flood, this like cataclysmic uh, event that happened, kind of would have caused fossili- foss- fossilization to actually happen really, really, really quickly. So mm-hmm. it's not even so much that fossils are fake, but rather that they all they were created in like you know a, like in an instant, like with, over mm-hmm. the span of like an hour or half an hour or something, and not over thousands of years. Um, and so, in regards to that, uh, I have also always believed that oil. The, like fossil fuels are, that's a lie. Yeah, I feel like, like that's
0: probably true. Yeah, for
1: sure. Like, like I'm, like, I'm for, for no reason other than it's just like, uh like, I don't know. It just seems like bullshit.
0: It feels <laughs> like a really, yeah, it's a really convenient that it's like so precious that it has to be yeah. so expensive, right? And like, I don't know. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Peak oil, we, I, we were supposed to hit peak oil like three times already, like no joke. Yeah. Like every yeah. like person who said that. There's tons of it. Ago, There's
1: tons of it down there. The earth's just made of it.
0: I think I think I think resources replenish honestly the earth takes yeah. care of itself like yeah. you know, what you said makes so much sense because I think uh, okay I think there's been multiple like Earth ages like what I was calling planetary ages and so I think there was like a flood maybe there was also some other like cataclysm that happened before all of that time like is it like, kind of uh evaporates like we're at the end of like one kind of time so it's like just like it's kind of just like kind of baking off and so the other times are kind of like there but they're like under a layer of like our time, so they say it's like a million years ago or it was 500 years ago, it doesn't matter because it's all mm-hmm. like relative, but like things, even things like uh, like the Gnostic Gospels or whatever, right? They're like not just like Discovered, but they're like reappearing physically in our timeline now where they were not there before so that's kind of like like they're really truly like the Nag Hammadi library like fossils people discover all kinds of, like they discover some shit in Siberia that was like fucking crazy the week that we like dropped the like Siberia Nights episode they announced that it was like the biggest discovery of the year or whatever some like fortress in Siberia and it's like yeah. was it really missing was it really discovered or it was discovered obviously but I'm saying like I think they could have discovered it 50 years ago
1: yeah i don't know for sure and <laughs> yeah that's a really that's like a really trippy really fun thought i it's also like converging kind of maybe yeah I, I also i also love the thought that like time have you heard of expanding earth theory mm, no okay it's, wait, wait, no 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 it's so fun so it's the theory is that like the earth has basically been expanding slowly since, since it was, since it was formed um, to the point that like, at the beginning it was kind of just a rock where all the continents were fused. And then slowly over time, it's gone bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, And this explains like a lot of different things. It it basically accounts for like a lot of like really kind of an inexplicable um, geological kind of, Mm-hmm. like okay, okay. whatever stuff but the, the one thing that it also explains which is fun is it explains like time feel like the earth is basically spinning like slower and slower kind of like as time goes on and so like time for us is like is actually distorted because the earth is actually mm. changing size okay 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 i, I do there's
0: some truth to that like well i think there's some truth to the time was- fluctuation like it, we're experiencing it in different ways <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I'm not even sure about globe births anymore. Like I don't have done this yeah. to myself. Well let's just say this. I think you, I think it could be a three-dimensional globe, uh, from one perception. It goes back to like that, like uh do you know that story like the elephant one or whatever where it's like a bunch of like blind guys are like I don't know they're like touching an yeah. elephant and they're like you know yeah. oh no it's like it's the, they're touching the trunk or like go oh, it's a it's a handle and they're like touching the like ears and they're like no it's a blanket or whatever. I don't know. They basically cannot perceive that the entire elephant is because they don't know what an elephant is, and they yeah. are just identifying it from their perspective. So I kind of think like maybe it looks like a globe, maybe it feels like a globe, maybe it is a globe in one sense but if you kind of like expand out in a way that we can't like dimensionally it actually is like not flat but like just more realm-like maybe or just a sphere
2: well,
1: even just sitting here and like looking at your background which <laughs> is like a really beautiful scene of the night sky possibly the milky way in uh, in the desert like at night time yeah, it's, so it's so pretty <laughs> it kind of just makes me feel that like it's sort of similar to the god question. It's like whether or not it's a globe. Your like your you can only see the horizon. That's the mm. amount you can see. Mm. Like that's what you can see. So like your the world is made up of your consciousness and your consciousness can only see as far as it can see. So mm. for all intents and purposes, like like and I don't mean that to be like reductive no. or like dismissive, but it's like your consciousness is the most powerful thing on earth and that is what it can see like what it sees is the firm it is like a flat sort of it is a plane like mm-hmm. what we see mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no you're totally right no that's about as valid as like a picture from space if not more valid
0: so anyway that was your your no that was brilliant because it is you're right it is a it is flat where the world is three dimensions we only see it for two-dimensional for all intents and purposes we see a flat screen right like we see like just what we see i don't know geo that was that was good and just yeah and you actually got to like what i was trying to kind of dusty about even with like talking about in the context of the show lost but it actually applies because it's like the lesson of that show is that it's like the world is more than what you can see it's like the show is really complicated and the characters don't know everything that's going on and the audience doesn't know everything that's going on but like everyone has to kind of put those perspectives all together in order to see for, even in the world that the show Lost, like the characters, all these different experiences, right? But we're the viewers. So we can put these complicated experiences together and we can see the show for like kind of what it is, but the show's creators have not revealed everything to us. So there's actually mystery <laughs> blind spots kind of in the mm-hmm. show that we still have to kind of fill the gaps in ourselves, maybe by comparing our experiences with each other and our interpretations, you know? And I think that is kind of what you're kind of getting at, you know, is that there's just like, uh, your, your perspective is all you have right it's all you can really do your, your consciousness but it's also like there are of course other consciousnesses. there are other, there's more to the story you know This is great. Okay, let's shift into the music a little bit. I asked Gio to, um, I know, like, I came up with a gimmick. I don't know. I, I, I love a gimmick sometimes. I, I was like, Gio, send me uh, three records for uh, for DJ Woolhouse, like, you know, world famous uh, time traveling DJ. Just like, what's what's the vibe? What are you listening to? Um, I think you sent two, and I listened to them this afternoon, and I was like, we'll talk about each of them. And you could talk about them maybe in the context of your music as well, because I know that you are uh, a recording artist. So I'm curious about to, to learn about that. I actually haven't heard any of your music yet, but I will. Uh, check it out. I was really intrigued by the like I think title of your album as well. So uh, I think it was like, anyway, we'll get into it. Um, let's talk about the first one though. You sent me Juliana uh, Berwick, I think uh, It was oh. an album, uh, album was called Healing is a Miracle, which my first question actually, before we even get into it, what does that title mean to you?
1: Ugh. I just love this album so much. It's it's just like so so beautiful I mean healing it is a miracle there is like there is there's we we can we can choose to access that you know that like healing unifying force in the universe whatever but at the end of the day the fact that it's there in the first place at all is like a miracle anyone who's had their life transformed or like seen a new you know had the scales removed from their eyes or like seen a new you know, you know, seen a new hope in their life. Whoever can test, to like, you do choose. You do choose it to an extent, but there's the fact that there, there's always aspects to the healing journey that are just like, oh, thank God that happened, and like, if that hadn't happened, like, I had nothing to do with that. I'm so like, you know, lucky. I don't know. This album to me is like so, so stunning. It's like the most feminine um, album I think I've ever heard. It's just like so like, foamy and, like, oceanic and, like, circular and washed out and, like, I love it.
0: I honestly is music which is my favorite kind of music where you can't really give it a genre because genres are not nouns. they have not been nouns for a long time they're just flavors right and i feel like uh okay so i told and this is what i wrote down for this one i said it was, it was like icy and glacial but not like necessarily slow glacial although it is at times but more just like glacial like i do like I see the turtle. It I said Antarctica vibes. It was total Antarctica <laughs> vibes at times. It's celestial. It's really celestial. Music. celestial like, yeah. I, it, it's like angelic, but not even like, yeah, it's just it's it is celestial. And expansive, which is a fun word because it's like it's like expensive, kind of, which uh is true too. But it's like it was very like it, it what we were just saying about the earth and like uh time or whatever, like, like the planet expanding and time shifting. That happens in these songs, it like yeah. kind of like they grow and they like it like i don't know the, the, it, they're short oh my gosh is it your birthday
1: no <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, do that? I don't know that so was weird. so mysterious i love it <laughs> um i think uh yeah no it was expansive it was it was like they they grew as you listen to them like i felt uh they felt bigger i was really this is not i will say this is not music i would like necessarily seek out uh for myself on a regular basis but i I love music. I think all music has its place in time. And I'm always interested in what people like, what vibes with them, you know? So yeah, where, where did you find this artist? And, and how does it, I guess, maybe is it an influence to your music? Tell us a little bit about your project.
1: Yeah, it definitely is an influence. The first album of hers I listened to was called Nepenthe, Nepenthe. It's like a red, red uh, cover. I think Nepenthe is a, like a Greek goddess of something. Um, and it's very similar to this. I would say it's less. This This album, Healing is Miracle, is very blue to me. To me, it's really like it mm-hmm. feels like waters, like you're underwater, you're in water. It's like really feminine. And the Nepenth, this other, it was one of her earlier records, is a little bit more kind of direct and a little bit drier. Still pretty wet, still like a lot of reverb, a lot of space. Um, but yeah, I first started listening to that, to her when I was maybe 23 or so, just like leaving university and starting to make music of my own. And it was a big influence to me. I just loved the aesthetic. I loved how like, it just seemed so feminine to me. It like really kind of gave me like a mother. It was like mother. It was just like so wet and like so all-encompassing and so warm. It was like a womb. It was like listening to her felt like being inside a womb or something. And mm-hmm. I, it was really like really powerful, really calming to me, really soothing. I like loved reading to it and just kind of, you know, putting it on while talking to a friend, I feel like just created this kind of like energetic kind of like shield around me. It made me feel really safe. Um, so I really loved it a lot. And yeah, I'm sure you heard listening to music. There's a lot of that similar kind of like, uh, you know, I play with reverb a lot. I play with space a lot. Um, circular, like melodies and circular um, time signatures, things that don't necessarily feel like they have a resolution. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I think is, uh, yeah, it's like a pretty, I don't know, it just seems like kind of a woman moment in music. You're just like,
0: <laughs> it's like a mathematical, but it, it's mathematical, obviously, in its own way. It's its, it's own mathematics, really, I guess, what you could say. It's its own science. But there is like this, uh, but even with the first this selection, Ger- uh, Jillian and Barwick, the, the album I listened to, is like, yeah, i guess i don't want to it's not wonky it's irregular maybe i guess i could say mm-hmm. it follows its own like it's new it's like a river it's like a stream in nature it just kind of follows its own little fucking thing and i love that sure. um it's improvisational maybe even too i don't know um Definitely. one thing before i want to ask you about your project but uh, the pent you mentioned that i just looked at them because i wasn't familiar uh it's a possibly fictional drug or medicine for sorrow, oh, yeah, really a drug of forgetfulness, which makes me think of Eternal Sunshine all of a sudden. Um, mentioned in ancient Greek literature, Greek mythology, and uh, depicted mm-hmm. in Egypt. Interesting, uh, it shows up in Homer's uh, Odyssey. Yep, there, yep. I didn't want to call you a manic pixie dream girl earlier for some reason because it seems like very rude, but then now that you mentioned pent, there is some Eternal Sunshine <laughs> shit going on here uh, this evening. That's not can, rude. Us. <laughs> no, no, we are like the embodiment. We're like a platonic uh, Eternal Sunshine shine i feel like right now somehow <laughs> like we're just in uh we're in a cryogenic chamber somewhere um wait okay yeah wait, 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 what's your what's your what is your project can you tell me the name and like what's what like yeah, what's up with that
1: yeah it's called posh lost one word mm-hmm. um which is like a comes from a russian word it kind of means like art art that is kind of like just devoid of any like real artistic art. it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek Uh, tongue-in-cheek name. It was started with my university uh, classmates. Uh, We've released a few albums. One of them was Live Off the Floor. The most recent one, Soma, which means body. um, Mm So mostly written throughout my mother's diagnosis and passing. It was written and recorded when my mom was kind of dying. Not that I really knew she was dying, but I think I had sort of a sense and then it was released kind of right after she died. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really grateful that I was able to do that when I did, I think it, it, yeah, it provided a lot of, a lot of healing for me and a really, a really healthy avenue to process a lot of grief. Um, And I'm, yeah, yeah.
2: It's, it's
1: a, lo- a lot of themes of, yeah, like motherhood and loss Um.
2: Thank yeah, I'm,
0: I'm. I'm sorry for your mother. Uh, for your loss, and I think it's really. It's like you know, there's something about like, um, I know over time, you know, over time, like the fact that you were able to create something there, it is special. It's not just healing to you. I think it, I believe it's healing, healing to your mom too. It's like a way of you know, like, yeah, it's it's cosmic, yeah. you know. It's I love it. I agree. Uh, or I, I Should agree. say I love, I love it. It, it sounds like really. because I love it. Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> I love that record about yeah. your passing on your mother. That's uh, terrible. know uh, but it's say, true. You know, but, but, it, but
1: it is it is true like i i definitely think that you know there's there's like old sayings like indigenous spirituality where like when you want to convene with your ancestors you always want to go back as far as you possibly can to the longest the one who's been dead the longest Mm, because they're still working shit out up there so you don't want to go like the impulse is like oh my mom just died i want to like check in with her but actually it's like not really a good idea because you might kind of pick up some of that anxiety or grief and Mm. prolong your sadness when where you really Mm. need to go is basically as far back as you can to the, to the person who you have a name of or whatever and kind of try to, because they're, they're settled. They're like, they're good. They're dead, they're chilling.
0: No, you are preaching to the choir. Joan Diddy and William S. Burroughs. These people are constantly bothering me to be honest. I love you guys. They're <laughs> bothering me and they are anxious people, I, I, I will say. So yeah, I, I kind of encourage me to like look for like a you know a homer myself, you know, somebody a little bit further back. But I love that you say it was about motherhood because it's like um it's like it's for your experience and for your mom, but it's also like a you're tapping into always with art, you know, something deeper and more primal. And I know that you're good at it, I can just tell. So I'm excited to like kind of engage with it. And I think we give and album like spheres is that true
1: yeah oh sorry yeah yeah the I know. First, I, yeah the first song is called soma i'm such a I'm no no it's a, okay well it's yeah. funny because you
0: mentioned soma and it's like uh pen it's like sort of similar like yeah. i kind of love the like synergy there it's very cool <laughs> um okay we're talking about the other one there's another artist you suggested or you you brought you, you brought before dj poolhouse i'm actually gonna give you Fair. a song back too this is my uh i, I hadn't picked one and it came to me just now so i'll like tell you that one uh it was andy okay hold on it was, i have it written down it was why don't i have it written down
1: <laughs> andy star andy
0: star i knew it was like with yeah. two t's okay so the album i loved the title immediately it was faith in strangers yeah what's going on with andy
1: Ugh, i love all of i mean it's definitely like a. different quite a departure in some ways it's really just like classic kind of electronic music a little bit experimental you have like i guess like a really similar spaciousness to juliana like you're a lot of not like you're in like a dirty dusty warehouse things are reverberating it's like very tinny at times um if i had if i had um um mount Erie by the microphones that would have been my choice but i don't have it on vinyl but that's like oh, probably my favorite sorry. album of all time <laughs> so that would have just for the record and i feel like they that could be the third it
0: doesn't have the uh oh, record I, <laughs> of
1: I i started listening to that actually while i was cleaning my house just because i was like damn i wish i had this record to get, get it. more records mm-hmm. yeah um but yeah i just i it's it, it's a significant record to me for a few reasons i got really into music when I was dating this uh, audiophile named Adrian, who was this, like, he was a lot older than me. I think I was like 21 when we dated and he was like 30. So it's not, not like an inappropriate age gap or anything, but definitely very eternal was, sunshine,
0: like, very eternal sunshine.
1: Yeah he, <laughs> yeah. he definitely had like a paternal, like a bit of a paternal influence. Um, not really in any healthy or significant ways. We weren't, I wouldn't say we were that close. Uh, we dated like, on and off for the better part of a year, but one of the one of the kind of positive influences out of me was just kind of my music taste. And I know it's like an old cliche. It was like you know you just meet a girl, you start dating a girl, and you can just like see a kind of like a a, a history of her exes based on what music she listens to. Um, but he he definitely helped to kind of open my eyes to like not a, not only I was I was listening to a lot of like really um, complicated mathy kind of like highbrow music school music at the time and he just introduced me to the world of like dance and electronic music and kind of like old folk music Uh, we loved like just going to like simple like country shows and blues shows and stuff and uh, yeah this was one of the first records that I ever bought actually Um, and I just loved it just like so fun just like really, really fun solid electronic record a bit dark a bit spooky yeah just loved it
0: I I liked it a lot. Too. I, I did not not I did not not like the Juliette album. But it was it was definitely a different lane. It's something I'm gonna listen to. I think like for like a, it's like a meditation record. You know, it's like definitely like a quiet moments album. Mm-hmm. This was uh, I don't want to say it's background music because it sounds dismissive. But this first of all, I had this like really like cryptic cover of some kind of like strange like artifacts, some kind of archaeological yeah, uh, thing on it, yeah. which I liked. I thought this was like um, it was stoic kind of, but I don't know. That's why it, it was like it's. It was like kind of, like yeah bold and statuesque, but there's like playful too, and it was very like skittering. There's the beats are like the, you're right. It's like experimental light kind of, which I like. That's like exactly my lane. Is like uh, it's a little yeah. proper and it's a little like whatever you know. And so I think I know I done that really really good. I, I said it's a little elusive too, and I feel like okay, this is how I describe both of the selections you gave me together. It's like um it's kind of, it's kind of like expensive. Um, what do I say? No, not expensive. I said glam. Glamorous schizo music for let me say it again. It was like it's ice skating music for glamorous schizos. If I was gonna be like <laughs> in the Olympics, I would have like one of these selections playing. It's like it's it is. It's kind of like a little bit off. Like you probably wouldn't pick this for the Olympics, but like a schizo, Tanya harding, but you know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I should have chosen like a, a Juliana Barwick song as my walkout song. That would have been fucking funny.
0: Oh my gosh, you should. Or Andy saw it. Honestly, which one? I yeah, was, Andy uh, I was Which one, one I
2: don't
0: know. If this is a good selection, or not. But the, I went into the heart of the archives of the DJ Pool Playhouse just now. The 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 vault, you know, and I was like, it's Bjork, "All Is Full of Love," the Plaid remix, which is. I don't think it's on Spotify actually the last time I checked but <laughs> like I'm not a big Bjork person either honestly I'm not I, I like it but I had the CD I had the EP with all the remixes and the plaid one was like always the one that got me it's like a little bit it's a good song but she's kind of weird you know she's like pop but like weird at this moment but it's also like, everything about it was like exactly these like two vibes together and I will uh, oh I will send gosh. it to I you I would
2: love
1: to listen to you. I'm the same as you i have like yeah Bjork I'm kind of like Man, take her or leave her, but that sounds really awesome. And that actually, did you ever see the video of her um, taking apart a part of TV? Icelandics being very uh,
2: happy about Christmas, very gay, and also very serious and spiritual. And also seeing Icelandic uh, comic people making jokes, which they are very good at. But now I'm curious. I've, I've, I've switched the t- TV off. And now I want to see how it operates, how it, how it can can make put me into all those weird situations. So it's about time.
0: No, that's really funny. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> it's
2: amazing. Of so course, funny. Why did she, she do, do that?
1: that? And here the little tubes, <laughs> so you can see here is where and she's just like whispering to this like big like old school boob tube tv she's like taking off the screen and like it's so funny i'll send it to you got to yeah
0: we're gonna add that one to the show notes and i feel like um i I don't know the video that came to mind first was the one where she lunges at the paparazzi person like in the 90s there's like a video of her like attacking uh i think because they said something she was dating like goldie this dj i feel like at the time i i they insulted her somehow and she like attacked attacked a journalist but yeah I, know I like old Bjork, kind of, but I've never been like, I'm going to sit and listen to this Bjork album like from start to finish and like be happy about it, you know? <laughs> no offense, she's <laughs> interesting, but it's just not like my lane. I might smoke
1: another cigarette while we talk. And you take should out
0: absolutely. Out. Yes, please take a break. <laughs> <laughs>
1: toilet break can i turn my camera around okay sorry yeah, there it is. i'm gonna show you that where whereabouts are you
0: i'm in san francisco i'm in oh, the okay. city sorry. of san F- sf on the edge of california's uh civilization really i guess on the edge of all civilization
1: on the edge yeah that's true the edge of the continent the edge of uh the edge of it all
0: it is. I sometimes like look over the Golden Gate Bridge and just wonder. Just like the water just fall off over there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not I'm not a total flat earther yet, but it is a little alarming, honestly, that I feel um even pulled towards it, I guess, but maybe not. I don't know. Well, actually, let me ask you a question about this because I saw a, a old tweet of yours. I was looking through your your history. I want to talk about a couple of your old ones, maybe. But like, there was one that was like a meme you made that was uh, me dating in Montreal. This was like last May, I think. I saw it from. Uh, and it was kind of like the my favorite, the Natalie Portman meme with uh, with which uh, his face, and she's just like, <laughs> you're like, uh, and it, there's two panels, right? It's like anti Vaxxer, and it's like, but you didn't go to the trucker protest, right? Right? Wait, wait, what? what, what, Tell me about that one, because I wasn't sure if you were the uh, Natalie Portman or if you were the the uh, what's his face uh, Scott. Oh yeah, I'm I'm Natalie
1: Portman. I was there. Hell yeah, I was there. The trucker protest was sick.
0: uh, Okay, so you were there. Okay, so the guy is the one who's being like, you weren't there though, right? Or you were there though? Maybe I just I didn't understand the meme. Let's dial into this over a second. Tell me about the trucker protest. That's incredible.
1: Yeah. So, I mean. Whatever. It was really, it was like a wild, wild, wild time. Nor- normally it would take like two hours to get to Ottawa uh, from Montreal, but the highway was bumper to bumper the whole way. It took like four hours. It was everyone honking, passing beers back and forth between cars,
2: mm. passing
1: darts, which is how Canadians say cigs, um, mm. back and forth between cars. Every overpass was just like, covered in families and um holding signs and people were just sick of it they were sick of covid they just wanted their freedom they just wanted to get back to it and it was like really so inspiring and we got to the downtown core um it was just like people everywhere super like inclusive diverse safe happy tons of honking and it was just like sick it was just super Mm -hmm. fun Mm -hmm. and like yeah man it was awesome i i had a really good time and i i uh yeah, not not many uh, people in Montreal Montreal's a very liberal city. Um, so yeah, not not many people were were kind of receptive to it. Um, and I, I didn't I didn't date for very long. My boyfriend and I took a sort of we broke up um briefly and I tried to see it see other people, but I, I never got farther than like a conversation because I was just so like, you know, he was turned off <laughs> too different too i don't know
0: it, it was sometimes yeah sometimes you have to go take the take the test or I guess going <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> to make and sure
1: he's, and he's the one i i loved him the whole time but you know things life's complicated sometimes you're not sure you try to yeah Anyway,
0: you know, I love that we're both in like these super liberal cities uh, as like, well, actually I should say, so I am an anti-vaxxer. I did unfortunately get vaccinated and I feel like I should, uh, I always try to speak to it. It was a Johnson, 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 first of all, so it doesn't really count the same. And I got duped into thinking it was something it wasn't, which is something I'm very angry about still to this day. But, you know, whatever. It was my, it was on me. I did take it. Uh, But -hmm. I will say also, it's not something... Well, first of all, like the whole Dino virus factor thing is a whole fucking its own separate trip, separate <laughs> from the MRNA. It's totally so different and scary. But it is also something that I uh, I've talked about with this with like, Tucker Marks a little bit. And, and she's said similar things where it's just like you can't a worry about it. You cannot like focus your life on it. And so much of so many of the things you said tonight to me just totally apply to that in the sense of like. A, everyone's going to die at some point in their lives. So just keep to be real about that. But you, the mindset that you occupy is very much important to your health. And if you are sitting around, and this is what concerns me so much about the anti-vax conspiracy media that goes to kind of like this like revelation of the method or whatever you want to call it, where people or or doom peeling, where people are kind of like being told everyone's going to drop dead. Everyone's going to drop dead. And people who get pulled into that, A, that's going to make nobody who got vaccinated want to be anywhere near any of that content because they're going to feel a sense of fear and death and they're gonna be like no i don't want to fuck with that and it's gonna stay in denial because of course you know but also yeah. like there's gonna be people like yes there is a risk i'm very well aware of like uh what these products were and they're it's very dark side, right but your mental state is the thing that they are targeting first and foremost they want you afraid and so it's like don't give them that don't be afraid you're gonna be fine if you believe you'll be fine you will be fine and And you know it is what it is
1: it is what it is and actually my journey towards being an anti-vaxxer started with trying to get the johnson and johnson when i called a nurse hotline and was like hey i'm not comfortable with this mrna can i Mm -hmm. get the johnson and johnson and the nurse basically said without saying it exactly like this she basically said um you'll get what we give you like shut up she was like they're all safe you'll get what we give you and I was kind of like it was so rude and like you know I I didn't come Mm -hmm. at it from like a I came at it really honestly I was like I'm just not really comfortable I would much prefer this one Mm -hmm. and yeah she just basically was like so dismissive that it really like turned me off and I was and then I started to yeah like spiral and look into it more and I had all this spare time because my mom had just died so I was like at home and grief and just kind of Mm. you know
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that that really but
1: one of the things that I really that I really uh, that I really kind of went off on a tangent about was how, you know, the virome as it exists, the which is the, you know, the microbiome of viruses, it ex- it's existed throughout time immemorial as a way of transmitting um RNA, which is, you know, it's a single helix strand of genetic data. Because it has no mitochondria, it has no life force, it's able to transcend space-time. In a way Mm. that bacteria is not and it's actually the soul the soul um being the full mechanism that we have that is responsible for evolution of things like flowers and things like whatever so the 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 virome as it exists like you, you have more viruses in your body right now than there are stars in the galaxy like it's crazy it's like 10 to the power of 31 or something it's nuts And so that virus, you're interacting with it constantly um, and it's, it really is kind of the, the blue, a lot of it is the blueprint of life. It's constantly, you know, charting and recording kind of what's going on. An animal dies and its last breath, it's going to release, you know, billions of viruses that are going to tell all of the matter, all of the bacteria, everything around it, how it died, why it died, kind of what happened and something that really sent me um, in this kind of weird headspace, like whether or not I get vaccinated, the direction the earth like this kind of us versus them mentality that a lot of anti-vaxxers get into or a lot of you know right wingers kind of get mm-hmm. into it it's really counterproductive in a lot of ways like the doom feeling for sure but it also forget it kind of forgets it misses the very important part that we're all connected and the we we've we have for better or worse permanently altered the the vi our virome. like this is our our life force on earth has been changed um and you know your participation or not regardless like your, your comrades, your friends, your family, like we're all part of the same kind of system. And um, you know, your decision to radiate positivity and to stay uh, focused on what is good and what's true, even when that's difficult and, and painful and uncomfortable does have a positive impact. And uh, yeah, my, a lot of my concern also came from that, that, you know, it, it has an impact regardless of whether I take it, my health, it will be negatively impacted by, other people taking it you know
0: beautifully beautifully said that was incredible my mind's i'm i'm skitzing i'm like i'm having like a whole episode because there's six things i feel like well a the thing you're talking about rna transcending time the i feel like reverse transcriptase this idea of this thing that can come in and like attack life essentially like this it's not biological it's it's anti-biological to me it's like anti-life so i feel like it i don't know maybe it's a couple of Antarctica. who knows i feel like it's definitely a very like satanic biology uh which whatever you know that's my delusional yeah, theory I, but
1: i have a more i have a more optimistic look on it there's uh, sure, sure. There's, this one, there's this one christian doctor i forget his name i don't think it'll come back to me but he talks a lot about this about yeah about our, our connection with each other with the universe and how you know we owe the viromes so, so much. And it's actually what keeps us healthy. And And it's a lot of terrain theory, you know, ties into mm-hmm. that, which is complex. And I don't really understand a lot of it, but yeah.
0: Terrain theory is interesting. I don't fully get it either, but I don't know. I kind of feel like it's probably half true. I feel like, it, I feel like the, the, all the official sciences are like, not lies to me anymore. I feel like they're very much like uh, misrepresentations. There's a weird way where it's like the real truth can be like seen just beyond that because it's like leaving out a lot of this other story it's interesting it's maybe complicated but I think terrain theory, there's, there's elements I think to it that are true mm-hmm. I've experienced being around somebody sick and getting sick I, I feel like it's very possible Yeah, are you know, viruses it, it's interesting it's a lot to think about I just think that the science is always very not the full story Picture
2: Yoshino
0: Okay, Gio, Gio, okay, let's be, Well, this, okay, let's go with this. You're probably sick of talking about this stupid tweet that you did. Like, amazing. <laughs> it was actually, I think, uh, seven months ago today. I just noticed and I looked up the tweet. It was five words, which I was really impressed by. I didn't really remember how short it was because it's honestly, I should remember. It's lived in my mind rent free ever since. It was a tweet. Uh, I should say it right down. It's basically grown men with backpacks. Why? <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. was so good it was devastating yeah, what inspired it were you uh who who was the man in the grown man in the backpack that made okay. you, do it? you sit down there and be like fuck this shit
1: <laughs> <laughs> i was walking home uh from work i think or walking to work so i was walking around my neighborhood mm-hmm. and i just saw like several um like business casual men in like suits with like weird backpack, like Backpacks filled with their work stuff like computers mm-hmm. and whatever and it just like looks just like it's so incongruous to me the look of like wearing like a, a sport coat with like trout like ill matched business attire with mm-hmm. like running mm-hmm. shoes and then like a backpack. And yeah, I just, they looked so silly. They looked like little boys, like like little boys going yeah, to school. Yeah. It just They looked so embarrassing. Um, and I just, it made me really sad. It just made me so sad. I was like, you would just, you could look so good. Like, I think, I, th- I said this on Thoughts and Prayers and I stand by it. I think the lack of day drinking in corporate, in the corporate workforce really is to blame for a lot of the ill-fashioned decisions that we see i think there's like a schlubby um lethargic comfort like focus on things like comfort um that Uh that has like taken taken hold in in these um in these uh in these businesses in these places because people just don't enjoy themselves they they don't they don't have uh, avenues to you know enjoy themselves and numb the pain i don't drink anyway like i'm not like advocating for alcoholism or anything but i i don't know it just seems like a direct it seems like there's a, a strong mm-hmm. uh, there's, there's something there i think
0: okay first of all it makes me feel so much better they're in sports codes because i was like uh, i don't know i do i've been known to carry a backpack uh it's like my yeah. you know stupid techie t-shirt from the stupid corporation yeah, jeans. it's a little bit different. different
1: though it is different like if it's congruous
0: i would not wear a sport coat and a backpack that's insane no, you, have to, you have to carry a bag like or just yeah. don't have so why do you as a grown man have so much stuff i mean i know it's for work but still you know it's like stop carrying things Stop, but I think you're onto something with this streaky thing because, or even just like, well, A, there's this vandalization, right? Everybody in corporate America, everyone, everywhere is being like increasingly vandalized, but like, especially in the workplace, it's like this extended daycare, it's getting weirder. And you you see the videos, we all see these like weird ass videos of people being like, ah, and I'm thankful, like, uh, yeah, like, I that's not my experience in corporate America, but like, it it is prevalent, right? It is around. I don't know. I think there's something with that. And it's almost like, this is maybe controversial, but not really for me. Uh, Women, I'm not against women being in the workplace. Let's put it this way. But I don't think this whole like women should and have to work. No, that's not how it should be. These jobs are mostly fake anyway. Or a lot of them are like inclined towards like what men are maybe more attracted to or skilled for. That's not to say women shouldn't do it because I think there are some smart women who like, like to work and would be are good at it. I think just like the idea that everyone has to is just this horrible. Like it's anyway, it's a lot. But I think part of it is that too. There's just like this um, feminization and evangelization of work. So everyone's, what do we do? And so you're right. I don't know how grown men. I still don't think that explains how they end up with backpacks and and blazers because really, it's like very confusing.
1: <laughs> it's very confusing. I really feel like the toxic feminization of like our world in the West is is to blame for a lot of this stuff too. Like the more I think about you know mass. I'm going to sound like Alex Jones, but I just feel like, you know, the crazy amount of like estrogen that is in women's bodies, that's in our, classes, in our clothes, like, you know, all of the to- like toxic femininity manifests very much in this like perpetual need to, um, what's the word, like, circ cir- cir- like, enclose, envelop, um, appease kind of like, it's like a very, it's like, you know, this, this, the, the, the typical like safetyism thing. Um,
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah it
1: does seem like that has that has a part of it. and I, on on my boxing team, there's um two two women, me and this and this Polish girl uh, who's really really funny and like so dry and like just she's hilarious. um but uh, last year there was only me, it was just me this uh, as the one girl and then like six dudes. and this one girl came uh to train with us one day. Mm-hmm. and this one we, it was conditioning whatever it's 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 hell it's really hard at the end we were kind of doing abs or whatever and uh she started complaining and chirping and talking about like their backs and blah 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 and how it was like you know it's not good to do this many sides like this you have to do this blah blah, blah. and i just made this joke cuz like obviously like the coaches that are training us they're not really getting paid like we don't I don't pay a gym membership to go there like mm-hmm. if you're on the competition team it's it's not it's kind of like a special it's a privilege to be there you know they're mm-hmm. taking their time to train you um and I sort of laughed. so everyone was like a bit uncomfortable was like a bit rude and I kind of laughed I was like oh man you add add one woman to the boxing team and complaining goes up 600 <laughs> percent and like it kind of broke the ice and everyone laughed but it was like it's true like there's i don't know it's we're just kind of like wired to nag and it's you got to keep it in check and you got to like be you got to be like kind of in control of your shit and yeah just letting your you know estrogen fly off the charts and uh and just kind of going around nagging everyone and safetyism everywhere it's yeah it's not good for anyone it's especially not good for men and it's especially not good for their uh attire decisions um
0: <laughs> but in your situation like you spoke to it i really i appreciate that and that's what uh separates you from the the beast geo is like you spoke to it it dispels that kind of like discomfort or whatever and it makes it like it's apparent now. people can even navigate it you know because it's like not because- a spoken thing
1: and because i actually can because i'm a woman so i can say <laughs> things that like that's- you know the guys mm-hmm. like can't say and, like they're all such good boys like they're all like 21 they're like tw- they're yes. like 19 yes. to 21 they're like architecture students they come from good families they don't drink they don't do drugs they don't have girlfriends they just box and go to school they're really really Mm -hmm. good
2: Mm
1: -hmm. you know they're like the sweetest boys you would ever meet so i don't know i'm I'm blessed by being surrounded by just like really like disciplined really good men my my boyfriend is like you know he's the most amazing man i've ever met so i have a lot of uh yeah i don't know it's 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 easy for when I, when I, it's easy for me to call out that stuff when I see it because it's just like it's so obnoxious. <laughs> <Shut up.
2: laughs>
0: no, it's important. It's important, especially like yeah, when you're like the the minority, whatever the the, the odd dog out in a group, just like yeah. speak to it. It's the like, easiest thing you can do, and then it's just it's not easy actually. It's harder to to do it, but once you do, everything else it becomes so much easier because it's just like speak to the fucking elephant in the fucking room. Oh, my God, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah, um, okay, too, but for, please promise me you will not do anything to your beautiful face with this boxing career i hope you're wearing very good protective gear and you have everything <laughs> there like you need to get through this year at least the wedding day please and everything like that yeah, then you know yeah. just you know, get uh get bashed the fuck up okay geo uh this has been so much fun i can't even like i don't know how to wrap this up because i really do like i always say this i really want to talk to everybody forever that's why I started this podcast but like this was special i really appreciated you i feel like you uh i feel like i did i told you i wanted to crack your nut i want to tap in and pull out the sweet geo <laughs> juices in there we got a glass full oh. this evening so thank you for just like it's a lovely conversation and all your truly your wisdom you are you're a brilliant person um where can people find you if they want to hear more of your little thoughts and whatnot and your your music and all that please give us the download
1: my music is linked on my twitter page I'm at such rash my handle is Titties. you can find me there and yeah my thoughts and my uh my stuff is yeah it's all there
0: you, I put people on the spot often at the end of the program just to be it really just to assert dominance the whole way through, but something <laughs> tells me you're going to, uh, as you'll pull through do you have any final closing thoughts for our audience, a, a, a morsel of geo-wisdom
1: <sighs> uh, my morsel of geo-wisdom is probably just get lots of protein if you got a mom call her That's it, think positive thoughts.